Hey everybody, what is up? This is A Metz. I'm here with B Pimp, and we are talking the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 73. B Pimp, what is up with you? I'm just enjoying this video experience that we have. Brand new. First time. Yeah, yeah very first time. So we're we're testing out, just so our listeners know. Uh, different ways of recording this podcast. We want to make sure, one, the audio quality is top-notch for you. So we're, we're trying a different method here. We're using a different program. Uh, it's a program that also allows for video. So in the future, if this ends up sounding good, then maybe we can also have uh, video podcasts as well. Um, but it's, it's, I'm going to have to keep in mind what my facial expressions are as I'm recording because it's not something I think about currently. Yeah, if one of our one of our top five list entries is bad, we're gonna just see like a big eye roll from the other person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh my. I'm trying to think what there was one top five list we did fairly recently where you had a couple of picks where I just I could not get on board with you. <laughs> was it the one we just did about the states? That okay. The, I, that is one. It wasn't really the one I was thinking of. Okay. For some reason, it was actually your pick of Utah that I was like, no, hold on. Yeah. Utah's pretty nice. I'm sure Utah's great. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. People yeah, don't but, know that by now. Hold on. I'm looking. Was it meals, basketball, the preview, the MVP picks? Maybe. It song wasn't. ideas? Uh, no, I guess it, it must have been states because all of those seem pretty legit. I'm going to look into this. Your meals were all vegan, so I had no qualms with them. They're just not like meals that I would necessarily pick myself. Right. I think it was the States. Although you absolutely redeemed yourself by picking Arizona as a state you would get rid of. (laughs) Because I had totally forgotten Arizona should definitely be on my list. Um, And it absolutely is one of those states. It's teamwork. We, you know, when you put it together, we have a lot of viable picks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, we have a, a, a brand new top five list for our listeners. We're going to be talking about uh, top five most exciting, most fun, uh, our favorite NBA players of all time to watch. Um, but before that, uh, I should let my listeners know, uh, our listeners know that I'm in the beautiful town of Dayton, Ohio right now as I record this. And so I went to, for research purposes exclusively, uh, this really great bourbon bar in Dayton, Ohio. And if you haven't been, I cannot recommend it more. But it's called, uh, let me pull it up here, it was called the Century Bar. So if you are ever in Dayton, Ohio, or hell, even if you are in Columbus, or Cincinnati, and you want to make an hour trip to Dayton, you should, and go check out the Century Bar. What I had was an old-fashioned there. Um, the whiskey they used, we, we didn't go anything particularly fancy, but we went with Old Granddad, which I know we've, uh, I believe, had on this podcast before. Um, but the old-fashioned with the Old Granddad was top-notch. I cannot recommend it more. Um, so... It's, it's different. We usually pick specific whiskeys to put on the smooth train or give the boot. But I got to say, uh, I'm putting kind of a whole bar and a whole drink uh, on the smooth train with this one. Uh, go to Century Bar here in Dayton, Ohio, and have yourself an old granddad. 
uh, old fashioned. I like two things. One that they made the old fashioned with old granddad. Cause there's a lot of marketing possibilities there. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a whole bar on the smooth train now. So that means this train is big. So that it's means we have a lot bar. of room. Yeah, it's a uh, no, definitely the smooth train is it's it's really rolling down the hill now. It's 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 packed and it's got plenty of good options. And so it's got, and it's got room for more great options. Absolutely. Uh so no, I I definitely like that. I think we don't probably recommend uh, recommend bars enough on this podcast. Um but this is a great one. Uh so if you are in uh, the great state of Ohio, definitely come to Century Bar in Dayton. Yeah, I think that's a good point. We gotta, I gotta keep that in mind too, because I'll check out some here and there. Just oh yeah, what whiskeys they have. So we should be giving our listeners just the the latest and greatest of bourbon bars. Uh, I know there was one in D.C. that I went to not too long ago. That if I could remember the name, I would. Um, but something to keep in mind for the future, certainly. It's a sneak peek. Exactly. Sneak peek. Dayton, Ohio, come to Century Bar. So we are talking about our top five uh, favorite NBA players to watch. B-Pimp, when you were putting together this list, kind of what, what were you taking into account? Just overall feel or any certain type of aesthetics? I do. I, well, there was a couple that came to mind right away that I knew had to be on there. And then when I and then what I did was I went and looked at a bunch of lists of like the most games played and like all these things just to like look at all the names, and and just and just I went through a ton and just to see like when I see the names and I think of that player, do any of them make my list? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I, I found that I I gravitated towards I'll get into it more when we talk about the players, but I do like smooth players with good jumpers seems to be my favorite. So that's. Uh, I have a smooth player with a good jumper. Actually, just missed my list. Okay. Um, but it's definitely in the honorable mentions. Uh, so, yeah, without further ado then, let's get into it. These are our top five most exciting NBA players. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, B-Pimp, who is your number five? Number five for me is the great Arvidas Sabonis. Holy cow. Great pick. I love Arvidas. Uh, I only got, we've talked about it before, but I only got to see his, his like second half of his career when he was in the U.S. Mm-hmm. mostly, which, which is not even like, uh, you know, what's the phrase? It's not even like the uh, – <laughs> I can't think of no, what it, it doesn't do his career justice. It doesn't scratch the surface. Doesn't ah, there we go. Of his immense talents that I've heard about his like art, athletic youth, and then when he came to the U.S., he was more of like a he was still athletic, but he was more of like a a really good passer, and like he did a mm-hmm. lot of things that didn't require him to like jump out of the gym or anything like that. Really, like an unparalleled court vision. Yeah, and I just remember seeing him do things that seven foot plus people should not be able to do. And it was just like mm-hmm. amazing to watch. Well, no. And the crazy thing there is that <clears throat> I think a lot of uh, people that are interested in the NBA know about Arvidas's like pre NBA history, but it's like these highlights and these tales. It's like they're, 
they're held behind the iron curtain, which is then locked inside the Disney vault or something like that. We just don't get enough of young Arvidas Sabonis. Yep. But, but everybody agrees. Like he was um, athletic, of course, had the court vision he had later in his career, just an unstoppable force. Never mind that he was like about seven foot three. Uh, so huge. And he was on the, he was on fun teams, which is also he was. a bonus. Uh, no pun intended, because he was he was on the Trailblazers teams that were just like so much fun to watch. No, exactly, and you know at the time the Sonics and the Blazers had a pretty active rivalry. But I gotta say, even as a Sonics fan, of course at heart, uh, and my list is gonna slightly reflect my homerdom. Um, I still rooted for Arbutus because he was awesome to watch. And now I'm glad I've learned how to say his first name properly because I always said Arvidas, like a Chicagoan. Well, I don't, I don't know that that's totally wrong. Um, I usually, I think with Lithuanian words and names, they tend to not put a lot of emphasis on any particular syllable that I've mm. noticed. Um, so I kind of say it flatly, but I, I doubt that you're you know, wrong about saying it. I'm going to say, I'm going to adopt your way. Well, either way, uh, maybe you can say it like Arvidas Sabonis. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that even better. Yeah, there What's, you go. Who's your number five? All right, my number five is Ray Allen. So <clears throat> at first, you know, Ray Allen started his career with the Milwaukee Bucks, played a few seasons there, and then he was part of a trade uh, for Gary Payton. Uh, that brought Gary Payton and another favorite of mine, Desmond Mason, to the Milwaukee Bucks for Ray Allen. Now, off the bat, uh, I was not a huge fan of that trade. But once I saw Ray Allen playing, it was, it was different. He was like a very fun-to-watch player. I remember it was either the first game or the second game as a Sonic. He took 14 three-pointers, which is something I had never seen as a Sonics fan. <laughs> I think he only shot four for 14. It like wasn't a great percentage. Uh, but it was just like, wow, he's, if, if he is open, or even if he's not very open, he's letting him fly, which I really appreciated. And he's just an exciting player to watch. Sneakily athletic. Um, if you let him dunk on you, he will. And a prolific shooter. Uh, so that is kind of why I picked Ray Allen. And he really... He bridged the gap of that Sonics in those, you know, final few years uh, before he went to Boston. Um, he was an exciting player to watch on a lot of teams that were kind of a mixed bag of being okay or maybe not so good. Uh, but he was really the stalwart there. Yeah. And I he just, seemed to really love Seattle. Yeah, he was, he's one of those players that you identify as like a Sonic, you know, mm-hmm. when you think about him. Even though he, I mean, he had a lot of like different little chunks of where – he was like on that those great Celtics teams, and like he went to the Heat, and it was all these different things. But he came up recently because I was I just started playing again, and I've played like four times in the last two weeks, and I'm getting my jump shot back, and so I was curious, and I started looking up like, um, what makes like who are the best jump shooters of all time, and like what makes a really good form, and he always comes up in that because he had such good balance, and if you mm-hmm. watch tapes of him, like he's always landing where he jumped, even if he's running off a screen. He just had that uncanny ability to like go straight up and down and everything was always in line. Yeah, he has the kind of form as like a, you know, one of the top five shooters ever. 
he he's one of the few players that has that kind of form that's actually like replicable. Yeah. Like if you're gonna watch, you can't like watch Steph Curry and be like, oh, I'm gonna try to do whatever the heck he's doing, or like James Harden or whoever. But Ray Allen, his he has like just a really fundamentally quick release sound jump shot. Yeah. It's amazing to watch. I recommend for all those out there who may not be as familiar as us with him. Watch a little compilation of him shooting some threes. Yeah, amazing. why not? All right, who's your number four? My number four is the great Sam Perkins. Great pick. I, I now regret not having put him on my list. The big smooth. That was my hint when I talked about the kind of players. Um, I just realized there's other players like I could have definitely put on here. Um, and there's some in my honorable mentions that like are are better players, quote unquote. But he played for a long time. He was very, he was on really good teams. His he was a lefty, so it's always fun to watch like a lefty shoot. And he just had like this, he was called the big smooth because his game was just smooth. And it was so much fun. So to watch. so smooth. Yeah, I regret not putting him on my list, but he was so fun to watch. I mean, he he moved slowly. Yeah. And watching him wind up that jumper, it was just like something. To, it was like a catapult. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was just so fucking cool as a player. Yeah. He had the flat top, you know? Like, he had uh-huh. everything about him was cool. Yeah, he was also, I'm pretty positive, a jazz performer. Like, right. and of course he was. He has to be. He, yeah. It sounds like we're, we're doing like the Bill Brasky. SNL skit, like everything we're <laughs> describing about him, but it's true. Sam Perkins, yeah, no, that <laughs> that is a great pick for your number four. Uh, my number four is Damian Lillard. So I went with a more recent pick here, and I will say this: this pick is totally bolstered by the playoffs of last year, with his hitting a thirty-five foot three-pointer in the face of Paul George, a great defender to end the series with the Oklahoma City Thunder last year and then waving by. That, yeah. Just, that was the one all-timer. Those are the kind of theatrics that should always exist in the NBA. It's not ridiculous. It's, it's not a false bravado. It's you are playing exceptionally well, but also recognizing it. And I know the feeling, like, I'm the, on a 1-1,000 one one thousandth of a level of Damian Lillard, but it is feasible when you shoot a shot, if it leaves your hand and you're on, you can know that it's going in. So yep. why not tell the other player, hey, guess what? That's going in and you're, you're out of here. Like, that's yeah. great. It's amazing. It was such a great way to end the series. And um, he, I can't remember what the quote was, and I wish I did, but at the end of the series, he did reference something about Seattle. I don't know if he said, like, this is for Seattle, or maybe not something quite as strongly as that. But it was like just a cherry on top of that highlight. Yeah, that was that was a uh, pretty amazing. Um, yeah, and and like Dame Lillard is one of the only players who currently shoots with about the same kind of range that Steph Curry does, but is also his athleticism is awesome to watch. And he's uh, a little bit bigger too, so he can like slash a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. So like that's that's why he's one of my favorite top modern players to watch for sure. Yeah, he's a he's a great one. All right, who is your number three? Speaking of Seattle, my number three is the Rain Man. Ooh. I'm glad he's on your list. Maybe not where I would have had him. (laughs) 
but <laughs> number he's, three, I will take it. I will take it, definitely. I mean, he's like just – I don't know if I really even need to describe that. I mean, to you, I don't need to describe anything about it. But, like, he just – there's so many things I've seen him do that they're just, like, they'll always be in my head. Like, it's just amazing. Some of the dunks and some of the, like – just the crazy athleticism that guy had. Like it was, it was out of, I mean, I don't know. Like he was probably, he was listed at 6'10, right? He was probably, he was somewhere around 6'10, 6'11 as a power forward. He wasn't like in his prime, he wasn't big as far as like, he was more like lean at mm-hmm. that time. And he just, he just would fly out of the gym. Like he just, it was insane. What he could It was do. ridiculous. Not just the athletic ability, but then the force with which he would dunk. Yeah, because I, I felt like really unparalleled. I still was, was thinking about the Lister blister today for no apparent reason. <laughs> I was just thinking about what a sweet windmill dunk that was, and then into the two-handed point uh, while Lister's on the ground, and it's just what a highlight. Yeah, it's great. It's and it's a great all-time taunt as well. Yeah, he also has a dunk that I don't think gets played enough, and it was either his rookie season or his second season in the league. But it's this sweet reverse double-clutch dunk. He goes around Kenny Skywalker, known as a dunker back in his day, and just crushes a reverse dunk right around him. And it was the most unexpected thing, too, because you didn't think – you think he jumped and then would have to, like, double-pump a lay-in. That he was still able to dunk it was ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what I look for when I'm watching. Like, there's certain players who just gravitate towards your eye of, like, it's just out of this world. Like it doesn't make sense. The stuff they can do. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's in going through this list now and I'll get to my number three. It's, we definitely have some overlap, but I don't think we're going to end up with a double dip. I could be wrong. Uh, but my number three is the big Lithuanian Arvidas Sabonis. Hey, hey. So for all the reasons we just mentioned, I think I had mentioned it earlier on a podcast uh, Maggie and I, when we went to Lithuania for the first time last year, uh, we went to uh, a town called Polonga, which is on the Baltic Sea coast, and we stayed in a hotel that's owned by Arvidas Sabonis. And his daughter was working there at the time, which is kind of crazy because I don't think his daughter was even born in Lithuania. I think at that point, both um, his daughter and his son, who plays for the Pacers right now, were probably born in Portland. Um, but she was actually working at this hotel kind of in a random-ish town in Lithuania, not even one of the bigger cities. Uh, so it was cool. And I, I didn't know it was her. I have no idea who his kids even are outside of uh, uh, his son who actually plays in the NBA. But we did see this woman who was like, I don't know, six foot three or four, being like, <laughs> huh, <laughs> who might she be related to? I was going to ask, is she seven foot three also? Because then it would pretty, pretty, pretty much stick out. <laughs> no, she was not that tall, but she was pretty tall. Tall enough where I was like, let me get on Google and find out who Arvidas Sabonis' kids are. Because I'm pretty sure she's got to be one of them. But yeah, that's really cool. But yeah, and I'm like happy to see that his son is a pretty different type of player. Uh, but is also doing really well, like coming into his own. He's fun to watch too. He's got a good game. Very solid. Yeah, very savvy post moves. He was he was uh, rumored to be traded, which it later turned out that that was the last resort for the Pacers. They wanted to keep him. But I, it was one of those things where even though the Bulls have 
like some pretty okay depth in the front court, depending on what you think about marketing. Uh, I was like, oh, that would be a player I would want, like if the Bulls could get him somehow. But it was it was not to be, unfortunately. Yeah, I am slightly worried, and not to get on too much of a tangent, but we are talking about the NBA. In watching the early season marketing, mm-hmm. he's not the next Miritich, is he? No, he's just not. He's something's off with him. Like there's he's something got an oblique. He's yeah. got an oblique injury they're talking about that he's playing through. He doesn't look his shot is completely garbage right now. Like he can't make anything. So I feel like he's going through a slump. Like if it if this goes another month, then there's a problem. But I I'm waiting to see if he'll kind of circle back around. Because his first game he dominated. Like he yeah. was not just shooting threes. He was inside. He was doing everything. So I like he, I just think he's going through something. You know, he needs to get through it. But I hope so because he's he's fun to watch too. Didn't make my list, but um, no, not yet, I, Lori. Yeah, not yet. All right, who is your number two? Akeem, the Dream Elijahwan. Wow, great pick. I was not thinking this. What do you like about Akeem? Uh, everything. I loved when I was a kid. I you know obviously playing basketball. You watch. Um, when you're young, when you're so young that you don't know that it's very unlikely that you'll be in the NBA, you watch the players and it's like you try to just mimic what they do or like figure out, oh, what does this guy do? How do I do that? And seeing those, his, the dream shake, like those uh, fakes that he perfected in the post where he would just fake people out of their shoes and then either dunk or he had, to, he had a soft touch around the rim too. Like just so much fun. Plus he was a great defender. Just everything about his game was appealing to me. Excellent defender, and not just in blocks. Like he would always be in the prime of his career at the toward the top in steals as well, which you don't see a lot in centers. Yeah, um, I th- I think what a great highlight of <clears throat> Hakeem's career is just in the finals when they played uh, the Orlando Magic and Shaq was you know first few years in the league, and Hakeem schooled him yeah. throughout the entire finals, like just embarrassed him. Yeah. And it, it was, was the, that savviness. It, yeah, it was the classic, like, yeah, you're an athletic freak who's, I don't know how old he was at that age or at, in that finals, but he's like the elder statesman, quote unquote. And he's just like, mm-hmm. here, I'll show you something that I've learned over the years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was all about power. That was, that was a good finals to watch for, for people who are like those whippersnappers. Cause <laughs> Shaq definitely was, was, really played yeah in that series all right my number two is lebron james oh wow yeah i had a i had a tough time with this but i realize i pretty much root for whatever team lebron is on i don't even always know why but i i root for him to do well and i'm not sure if it's that i need him to like supplant michael jordan or anything like that it's just he I think more than any other player I know has like the total package of skills. He's probably not a great shooter, but then it's always a pleasure to watch him actually get on fire. Yeah. When it happens, because it's, it's pretty unexpected for him to like hit two, three pointers in a row. Yeah. <laughs> you get a weird when, motion. Yeah. But when it happens and that kind of thing starts happening, he, he is like, supernova unstoppable 
if he's actually shooting well, there is zero things a team can do to stop him. Yeah, I mean, once he gets, if he turns the corner and he gets ahead of steam going towards the basket, like, good luck. You, there's nothing you could do um, short of, like, hoping he goes too hard. And this is, like, that's, that's your hope at that point. It's just, it's over. Yeah, and he still has that kind of head of steam, just, like, powerful effect, despite yeah. that he's, like, about to turn 35. Um, he still has, like, really ridiculous athleticism. He's a lot of fun to watch. I'm like a little disappointed in myself. I did not include him, but I just, I don't know. I was kind of, I had a different, I love LeBron. I just had a different kind of mindset going into the list. No, totally understand. And it's like, it's like, you know, one of those picks that like a lot of people like LeBron. So it's not like a, it's not like picking Sam Perkins where it's like, oh, it makes you think a little bit. Yeah. It's LeBron James. But LeBron is good. He's great. He's so much fun to watch. Yeah, no, he really is. All right, what is your number one? Probably obvious at this point. Um, and actually, I thought about it quite a bit because as time has gone on, I like this person less as a person, as a businessman, as a – just about everything I've learned about him since his playing career ended makes me like him less, but it's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, I grew up at the age that you're the most impressionable through those six titles, and it was like – just appointment television and he's it's something that I appreciate more now that I'm older and that I play more and like just the things he was able to do are still impressive and like yeah there's a lot of people that talk about you know it was a different game then and all this stuff but just even if you just watch the games where he was where he was where he had his fadeaway going like full fully on teams were just helpless. Like there was nothing you could do because there was other options that if you doubled him, somebody would make an open three. And it just, it was, it was really impressive to watch him through those prime years. And throughout those prime years, you just got the sense whenever you watched him lead the bulls that they could not lose. Yeah. And I don't think any player has had that effect. Maybe Bill Russell had that effect, but you know, that's so long ago that who knows? Yeah, that's a good point but you just got the sense watching him that like it was inevitable that they would find a way to win a game. Yeah. And he's got, he's got those, like there's some highlights that still give me like goosebumps. Like when he made that fadeaway over Craig Elo, when they oh first my God. broke through, like he, though he hung in the air so long and to just like, just to be able to do that and like still have accurate shots is just from like a physical perspective, like pers- from a phys- physical perspective is impressive, but like, you know, just the range of things he could do on a basketball court were unbelievable. No, it was incredible. And <clears throat> really for that specific reason, uh, and because he went against the Sonics, won one of the finals runs, I could never have him on my list. <laughs> no, I understand. <laughs> like, he's not even in the honorable mentions. Not, yeah. it's, it's as if he never played basketball, according to me. <laughs> I think everybody from, like, Utah, Seattle, Cleveland. Like, there's a lot of cities where people probably share that opinion, I would imagine. Yeah. So, uh, take no offense. Just could not possibly be on my list. No, I get it. Uh, All right. My number one, I think, is obvious at this point. Uh, It's the Raid Man, Sean Kemp, number 40. Just every time he got the ball, it was as if I was waiting for a lightning strike to happen. The like 
the ferocity with which he dunked, um, the swagger that he had on the court, of course, a career that probably went on the decline a little faster than it should have, but it doesn't take away those prime years between about 92, 93, and 97, where he was just not only had that athletic ability, but was really starting to put the rest of his game together as well. And he was, you know, unfortunately, uh, the Sonics played what might have been like the best team ever in the 96 Bulls uh, in the finals. But they still gave them six games, and Sean Kemp was great in that series. Yeah. I don't know that there's another team that could have – they were like a steamroller, that, that Bulls team. And I remember watching that finals and being on the edge of my seat because I was like, uh-oh, this team is really good, the Sonics. And, like, George Carl just made me scared. Like, I just felt like they were a serious threat. So, to me, that was like – I don't know that there was another team that would have – given me that feeling other than that team. Like, that's how good the Sonics were. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the Sonics took them to six games, but you can't lose the first three games. Yeah. And then hope to come back. They really right. needed to get one of those. Yeah. And so that was their downfall there. But Sean Kemp, just, he's the player that made me love basketball, so there's no way I couldn't put him number one. He's the man. Yeah. All right, you have any honorable mentions? I actually have a lot. I'm not gonna yeah, talk. A, I'm not gonna talk a lot about all of them. But one I, I do have to talk a lot about is Scottie Pippen because I left him off. I wanted more variety. I didn't want to have like multiple, you know, of the same kind of thing on my list. But I mean, Scottie Pippen is almost as fun for me to watch as Jordan was during all those years because he wasn't quite the same player. He was he was definitely a different player, but he was just as competitive and like he had they both were two way players where they were excellent on both offense and defense. Um, mm-hmm. Pippen had his own, like he was really long. He just had long arms and like so long crazy. I felt like if he wanted to lock down a defender who had like a suspect handle, there was no one better at doing it. Yeah. Like he was going to take the ball from you. Like Kawhi Leonard is that kind of player now, but like, it's just like a devastating defensive player. He, and he even kept that into the later years, which was like his second – when he was on the, those Blazers teams with Sabonis, where he was like the point guard, essentially, they turned him into. And it was like – it was so much fun to watch that version and not even just like the ultra-athletic, like younger version on the Bulls teams. So he had like two two versions that I really loved. Um, I, I had Dirk Nowitzki. Just barely missed. I love his fadeaway where he kicks his leg out. And he just has that high release and it's unblockable. Oh, it's totally so unblockable. Much, it's so great to see like somebody that all, once again somebody that big who just has that much finesse on their jumper is just mm-hmm. always fun to watch. Um, also, David Robinson for like similar reasons to Elijah, like he was kind of an early. Uh, there wasn't a lot of centers that were like that athletic when he broke into the league. He was like jacked. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't as common then. It, it, it looked no. odd almost, you know? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I like, <clears throat> of course, I have a trio of Sonics that big, smooth Sam Perkins, of course, I've got to mention. Uh, I also really liked in kind of that same later Gary Payton to early Ray Allen years, um, uh, Brent Berry and Desmond Mason yeah. were like two of my favorite Sonics players. Uh, and then rounding out my list, 
got Steph Curry. It's it's hard to argue with a player that has that sort of just like, you know, thirty foot three point threat at any point, and people have to guard it, which yeah. is crazy. I, we had never seen that before him. Uh, and then Shaq, uh, we never seen a player like that. Uh, Vince Carter, of course, for the dunks. A young Derrick Rose on the Bulls was really exciting to watch. Yeah, and I almost forget how exciting he was to watch based on his later career and injuries and other weird stuff that's happened. Um, but those first few years in the league, man, he was just a, just like a wrecking ball of like athleticism and just always diving on the ground. I would say more fun to watch than Russell Westbrook in that respect. Wow. Uh, so yeah. And then, uh, it's only his second year in the league, but I got to say, so far, Luka Doncic Ooh. is, he's like one of those kind of savvy players right now that's pretty kick-ass to watch. Yeah, I have a few more, but Zach Lowe um, and his 10 things I like and, what is it, like and hey, don't like or whatever his column is. Something like um, that. Yeah, he, he had a, he was talking about Doncic and like his new thing that he picked out to marvel at was the way he throws lobs. Like he does it from... He does it from angles that you wouldn't expect at times you wouldn't expect. And he's like, this is another thing that this kid does that like is, is not something you would think about, but he throws these lobs with like such accuracy from like his hip and like places that just don't make sense. And it's, it's really interesting. Now he's great. Yeah. I had a few more. I have Larry Johnson. I always liked him in the nineties on the Hornets. Grandmama. Um, yeah. He, and he had that great personality, like out, outside of basketball. I always liked Chris Weber. Um, Especially like those Kings teams, like he just that they was were great like, to watch. They were because he was another one who would like pass so well out of the post, and he did a lot of things. Even though he had bad knees at that time and he couldn't jump as well, he would still like affect the game and like could still dominate a game, which I have mm-hmm. a lot of respect for. When somebody's got like a physical malady that makes them change their game completely, but they're still able to be as effective, I always thought that was really impressive. Um, he's a good broadcaster too. Yeah, he's pretty good. I mean, he's way better than Reggie Miller, I can say that. Jeez, yeah. Uh, I have Detlef Schrempf on my list because I liked him. Even though when he was on the Pacers, I hated him because they would antagonize the Bulls. But Mm. he was great. Um, Rasheed Wallace is one of my favorite players of all time. Rasheed. Yeah, he was great. I was a teenager when I watched him the most, and I just love the fact that he got so many technicals because I was like a rebellious teenager who was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, don't let those refs tell you what to do, Rasheed. Plus, he (laughs) had like a – he, plus, he had, like, a weird gray patch in his hair that, like, did, I don't think it was just that his hair was going gray. I think he had, like, a birthmark or something. Yeah, I couldn't figure out if it was that or if it was a burn spot or what it was. I have no idea. It was just some, one of those – he had a lot of just odd things about him that always made me like him. Um, Steve Nash for just the creativity and the way he played. For sure. And Neek, Dominique Wilkins. Similar to Kemp because of, like, the power dunking. I just love seeing mm-hmm. somebody who can go up there and, like, just – it looks like they're going to tear the rim off of the yes. backboard, you know? No, those are all good picks. And definitely a lot of people that, if my honorable mentions list wasn't starting to get so long already, that I would have put on there. Yeah. We had a lot of unique honorable mentions. Oh, for sure. Um, if you have a favorite NBA player that you think we forgot to mention, go ahead and hit us up on our Twitter. That's at Whiskey Sessions. Or, even better, send us an email, whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. 
and we will read it on a future episode. Uh, but we got to get to your emails now. Uh, so let's do it. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right, this one reads, Hey, Whiskey Sessions. I'm glad you did an episode about states you'd like to get rid of, but how did neither of you decide to get rid of my state? And this is from Theo in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Did we not mention Alabama at some point? I, I thought we did, maybe, but we didn't get rid of it. Neither one of us did. And we had totally unique lists. So between the two of us, we're saying Alabama is not a bottom 10 state. I think I just, I, I was blinded by my uh, political soapbox that I was on and I didn't, I didn't get to Alabama somehow in my list, but Neil Young's very disappointed in us because he famously wrote that song about Alabama that Leonard Skinner hated and then wrote whatever their rebuttal song was. An early music feed that is underrated, but yeah, yeah. I don't know how we didn't include that. Well, I don't know. Uh, so sorry for that, Theo. If we do another list of top five states that we get rid of i'll try to remember alabama i'm still waiting for the, the massive backlash from like the five states that I did <laughs> it, it hasn't happened yet somehow but i know it's coming it's coming i can yeah. feel it um all right if you have uh, an email that you'd like to send us so we can read it on a future episode uh please do again that email address is whiskey sessions music at gmail.com um but that does it for this episode. Be pimp. We've talked MBA. Uh, we've talked whiskey. We've reviewed states. Is there any words of wisdom that you'd like to leave our listeners off with? Go all elite wrestling. Wow. See, I've I've heard an ad for that before. What do you like about all elite? It's um, I it it doesn't make me feel like an idiot for being a wrestling fan, which is what WWE does. So I'm I'm fully uh, supporting all elite wrestling. Great. All right, don't be an idiot. Follow all elite. Uh, until next time, this is A Mets. And Beepa. Peace out. Bye.